You're listening to episode 97 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. Hello, I am Simon Jones. And I'm Steph McKenna. It is the 3rd of June here in Norwich as this episode goes out, and we are joined today by Lily Coles. Hello, Lily. Hello. And you're on the podcast today to discuss the Desmond Elliott Prize, the shortlist of which was announced yesterday. Yes, so yesterday we announced the three shortlisted titles for the prize and they were chosen by our panel of judges, writer, academic and former Desmond Elliott Prize winner Preeti Taneja, chief lead writer at The Observer, Sonia Soda and writer Sinead Gleeson. The Desmond Elliott Prize is an annual award for a first novel written in English and published in the UK. Worth £10,000 to the winner, the prize is named after the literary agent and publisher Desmond Elliott in memory of his passion for discovering and nurturing emerging authors. First awarded in 2008, the prize has a track record of spotting outstandingly talented novelists at the beginning of their careers, with former winners including Ema McBride for A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing and Claire Fuller for Our Endless Numbered Days, as well as Preeti Teneja for We That Are Young. For the first time this year, the Desmond Elliott Prize is being run by the National Centre for Writing as the flagship in our Early Career Awards portfolio, a new year-round platform of support and mentorship alongside financial assistance for exceptional early career writers. Today, Lily is joining us on the show to discuss the three shortlisted titles, which are The Girl with a Louding Voice by Abby Dare, published by SEPTA, The Private Joys of Nena Maloney by Okachaku Nzulu, published by Dialogue Books, and That Reminds Me by Derika Wusu, published by Murky Books. So Lily, before we discuss the shortlistees, I just wanted to ask... This is the first year that Desmond Elliott Prize has been run by the National Centre for Writing and you've been in the thick of it in terms of securing and communicating to the judges, handling entries. How has the experience been for you? I think the key sort of experience that I've gotten out of um, being involved in the Desmond Elliott Prize is just um, a feeling of being so excited at the amazing range of debut novels and debut novelists that are coming out not just this year but every year. I think mm. for me especially being at the the gateway of receiving entries, just seeing the sheer number of books that have come in and the high quality, not just sort of in the shortlist that was announced yesterday, but the long list as well. I think it certainly makes you realise the extent to which um, the UK especially is right at the forefront of producing great debut novels. And it's definitely very exciting for me to sort of be able to see Um, what's come in what people are writing about and how people are addressing key issues through their fiction yeah I think I share with you in that when all the entries came in and we had the full list of debut novels and then the long list and the short list it's really interesting to see the range of topics being tackled but also there's lots of threads a lot of the books have a lot in common and I think there's quite a lot happening with that in this short list as well yeah, definitely. I think the shortlist is definitely one that covers a wide range of different issues, mm. but I think they're all interlinked by really strong protagonists who are very hopeful protagonists, I feel. And I think that even going through difficult times, as I'm sure a lot of people feel in the current situation that we're in as well, having these sort of bright, vibrant protagonists to read in debut novels addressing really key issues is something really useful and inspiring. 
Speaking logistics for a moment, has the planning for the prize changed much due to the COVID crisis? I know we've had to unfortunately cancel the sort of physical awards ceremony. Yeah, it's definitely thrown a couple of spanners in the works, but I think we've been really keen to keep the keep the award going to schedule as much as we possibly could um, because it's still really important to shout about these debut novels, um, especially in a time when they might not have had the launch event that they were expecting or the um, face-to-face book signings they were expecting. So for us, it was really key to try and maintain the structure of the prize as much as we could, even though, of course, it is disappointing having to um, cancel events and not be able to host the award ceremony that we had planned but we do hope that we're still able to celebrate the writers in in different and new and exciting ways yeah it must be so frustrating for writers who have been working on these books for years you know they've all had their own different journeys into becoming a published writer and they've got to this point of having their debut book and all the preparation all the work with agents and publishers and figuring out when the books were going to come out and all that kind of stuff. And you know, not just people who are involved with the Desmond Elliott Prize, but all, all new writers who are reaching publication at the moment. And there's absolutely no way that any of them could possibly have predicted what was going to happen in 2020 and just utterly upend whatever plans they might have had. Uh, fortunately, I suppose people are still reading books and perhaps even reading more books at the moment because uh, we're all stuck at home and looking for ways to entertain ourselves. So hopefully that will still point readers towards the books, uh, even if some of the, the fancy launch events can't happen. Yeah, there's the kind of flip side, isn't there? There's It's really unfortunate that those writers aren't able to even visit a bookshop to see their physical book on the shelf at the moment. But at the same time, I know I myself have had more time or spare time to rearrange my reading list. I've added some new books on there, books from this long list, for example. I've been able to spend a bit more time looking at some of the literary prizes that are out there um, and spend more time reading. So I think you're I think you're right. We're very lucky that we have social media and uh, lots of digital working and ebooks. Even, you know, ebooks have been a godsend, really, haven't they, in terms of making sure you can get hold of titles, whether you're able to yeah, contact a shop or not. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, looking at bookshops in Norwich, certainly, you know, there was a, a brief period where they all had to slightly reconfigure how they do stuff, mm. but it didn't take them long. Even the kind of small indie bookshops who maybe didn't have a massive online presence in the first place, but they've all kind of adapted to the new situation so quickly to be able to ship books to people under these new circumstances. It's great. I can't believe how quickly some of them adapted, actually. I mean, yeah, as you say, there were so many independent bookshops that were completely switching their business model within a week, which is just, I mean, that's a huge amount of work, but they've done so well. And hopefully they're doing all, you know, all doing really well out of it. On to the shortlisted titles. First, we have The Girl with a Louding Voice by Abby Dare, published by Scepter. Can you tell us briefly what this book is about, Lily? Yes. So um, this book follows the story of Adani, who's a young girl living in Nigeria. And I think the key the key journey that she goes on is that she um, goes through a series of really difficult struggles in her young life. And she faces adversity over and over again. She believes that her true purpose in life is to achieve an education. And to me, this is a story about resilience 
And Adoni is an incredibly vibrant character. She has a very particular way of speaking that keeps you really gripped from beginning to end throughout this book. I think a key thing for me about Adoni that was a core part of what made this book so great is that she believes in herself no matter what, despite everything that she goes through. Next is The Private Joys of Nena Maloney by Okachuku Nzelu, published by Dialogue Books. Lily, can you tell us about this book? Yeah, so um, this book is about a young half-Nigerian teenager and um, she's living with her mother. And this story is about her journey to try and connect with her Nigerian heritage. as She doesn't have a lot of knowledge about her father and this story is really about the mother-daughter relationship and how they speak about Nena's identity. And I think the key themes of belonging, friendship, parental relationships, along with themes of race, religion and sexuality are all covered in a really... uh, This book, ultimately, I found it really humorous and funny, even though it deals with some serious themes. And the way that these themes are explored are in a really hopeful and truthful way. So you leave with a very uplifting feeling at the end of this book. I personally am looking forward to reading that book. And finally, we have That Reminds Me by Derek Wusu, published by Murky Books. I think this book covers a wide range of themes, including mental health, recovery, family and identity, and also means of self-expression as well. Um, The book covers the story of Kay, who um, is fostered as a young child and he grows up in the countryside before he moves back to live with his mother in London. And one thing that really stood out for me about this book is the idea of place and identity and also the family structure as well. And I think in a way that links to the story about Nena Maloney as well, um, of exploring your identity where you come from and where you want to go in your life as well. Yeah, and as you touched upon, you can see just from these sort of brief introductions that there are all these these intertwining threads from these books. There's lots of parallels. So you've mentioned all three of them are kind of coming of age stories. They very much deal with discovering your identity as you're growing. You've talked about resilience, about family structures and about belonging and they all have a very specific use of language as well so I'm really looking forward to reading the two that I haven't read yet over the coming weeks and we implore everyone to read them if you can we've posted links online to where they can be bought so Lily what is the schedule for the the next stage in the Desmond Elliott prize when do we find out who the winner is well the winner's announcement is set to be on the 2nd of July so uh, it's not too long to wait and um, the judges will be meeting between now and then to make their final decision, which is very exciting. And we've got two more prizes that are being announced on that date as well that I think we should mention. So the Desmond Elliott Prize is part of our Early Career Awards portfolio, which includes two other prizes, the University of East Anglia New Forms Award and the Laura Kinsella Fellowship. Could you tell us a little bit about those? So the UEA New Forms Award is seeking fiction that explores the boundaries of possibility. And this prize is really exciting as it's it's open to writers using form in really new and exciting ways. And um, this goes hand in hand with the Laura Kinsella Fellowship. The Laura Kinsella Fellowship 
will support one exceptionally talented early career writer of literary fiction. And it's an inclusive platform for writers at the beginning of their careers um, who may be experiencing limiting circumstances or have voices underrepresented in mainstream literary fiction. Both prizes are um, a £4,000 prize along with a year of uh, mentoring and writer support for these early career writers. Well, we look forward to finding out who the winners are of all three of those prizes on the 2nd of July. The other aspect of the ECA programme is that alongside the prizes, we've been running these resource packs as well, which we started in January. And every couple of months, we release a new one. So January was about beginnings. Then we focused on method and then character. And in July, we have the next pack coming up on plot. And this is our way of trying to put out material that helps all early career writers. So obviously, the prizes are about celebrating a long list and then a short list, and then you have the winner. But we think it's really important that all early career writers, regardless of what particular stage they're at, get something out of this program. And that's really where that comes from. And that's been made possible through some additional funding from Arts Council England. Every couple of months, we have these packs coming out, and we're going to be continuing to do that for the foreseeable future. Thanks for the chat, Lily. And if you'd like to read more about our long-listed and short-listed writers, head over to nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers' Centre. You can check out our Facebook page and you can sign up to our newsletter at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. You can also join our Discord community where you can discuss books you are reading, things you are writing, and of course, also discuss the Desmond Elliott Prize. You can find a link down in the show notes to jump in there. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again. Keep writing and we will, of course, catch you on the next episode. (music) 